1: Hey, everybody. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. Around the NFL Podcast takes place entirely
0: inside a Mark Sessler fever tree.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey Dan. Oh what week is it? Week Eleven. You thought it was week Eleven. thirteen after oh, I got excited I before. Uh, It is week 11. It is the Sunday flagship show where we recap every game uh, that was played on Sunday from the early kickoff through Sunday night football, Vikings-Bears. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, here's a a breakdown. You got the zany one, the unpredictable one, the guy that who knows where he's coming from. He's the quiet storm. Hey! And then you got... You got Wes. He's the guy. He's argumentative. He's smart. He knows his football. Don't cross him. He was a mailman. It's Chris Wessling. And there's also Greg. He's like, ooh, he's, he thinks. He's a thinker. And he'll cut you down if he has to. And he also likes to go down to the lab. He's Greg Rosenthal. What's the lab? It's where all the football heads go to study things. Who's behind the glass? Erica. She is on the hunt for a new relationship, and we might have something cooking. I'll Woo! leave it at that for now. Cool.
2: What a performance well, by Dan Hanson. Yeah, what about you? What out. about it's you? Good. What's your role? It's yeah. good. We, we usually just assume all these listeners, they've been around for a while, but no, we're picking up new ones, and you're helping there you them go. Out. And
1: What's my role? I'm the maestro.
3: <laughs> what One thing before we go here. This is that I can already see where this is going. Greg has shown up with his boutique coffee drink in a can. Uh-huh. Dan drinks his little drink with a straw. I don't know why we need the straw. It, so it, this is a dollar. So, so now Wes and I are under pressure to show up with our own like, like hideously overpriced like beverage offshoots to keep pace with this nonsense. This is a dollar fifteen coffee in a can. It'll change your life. I'm
2: gonna. I see what you're doing. It it's going I've get, done it.
3: We're gonna to clip it off and tweet it this out, and the then ninth. you're gonna get like a, a crate of it sent to your desk. <laughs> this Give is the ninth drink. straight week uh, I've drank it. During all the new show. listeners so are wake clicking up. off right now. Yes.
4: Mark looks like that frog uh, meme right now with the hoodie on. Yeah.
1: This is It's cold. Who knows what we're going to get? Mark's got a hood on. It's exciting to, to think about. <laughs> Over his hat. Over his hat. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to go through all the games, uh, including an early slate of games today that were among the most uh, exciting and uh, hard-fought we've seen all season. So, you want to get into it? Please. Yeah, we were a little worried. We ate dinner before lo- before we did the show. We usually do it after and little some fears of sluggishness. Right, is it going to make you sluggish or is it going to give you energy? Answer, energy. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm on fire. Like you put me out (laughs) of a...
3: Censored. Damn cannon. Let's go. Let's get to the game. Our grandfathers can really appreciate the struggle that we're going through right now. Ben gets the snap. Rolls Uh right. He looks.
4: He runs. He
1: died. He's in. in.
3: He's in. He's in. He's got a
1: Touchdown. A touchdown, rolling right! What a play call at the goal line. That's the—I mean, that was Bill Hillgrove, but I think that was Tunch Ilkin. Somebody was clapping. Okay, outright in the press box, in the Steelers radio uh, booth, there is the network uh, with the call. Ben Roethlisberger rumbled, stumbled toward that end zone, reached out just far enough with the football, the nose crossing the goal line, the winning score with five seconds to play, lifts the Steelers to a 2016 win over the Jaguars. At the big chlorine tank, uh, the Jags yacked up a 16-zip lead. In this one, they are losers of six straight. Greg, that's seven straight wins for the Steelers, who got some revenge for their playoff ouster. They did,
2: and after a start that you would have never expected. 56 yards. I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger didn't have any passing yards in the first three quarters of this game, and then they took it over, Mark Sessler.
3: Yeah, I mean, they their first... Six drives, punt, 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 interception, punt, interception. Eighteen plays for thirty-one yards. That is when this game became a narrative What'd buster. You call because me? Did I call? I don't. Know, that was not aimed at you. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> what is happening that. in the studio? I don't know. Keep going, Mark. <laughs> Eighteen plays for thirty-one yards. And then suddenly it became a narrative buster this game because it's the Steelers, I thought they're going to go on the road at least once or twice a year, lay a total egg. And this is days after they destroyed the Carolina Panthers and we were talking about them as one of the AFC offenses that could hang with the Saints. And this happens. But then they absolutely collected themselves and Jacksonville playing this sort of hang-on type football where we're going to run and we're going to just ignore our quarterback and not even attempt to do anything through the air and over the final 16 minutes, Pittsburgh does what they often do: score three touchdowns with a huge play from Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster was fantastic down the stretch, and they escaped the game that normally, in years past, they would have lost. They've won six straight. James Conner had a
1: huge, huge drop. Yes. Of what would have been the go-ahead touchdown minutes before Roethlisberger got in the end zone. So you just kind of you got to give your you know tip your cap to the Steelers who. Once they finally did get rolling, they just wouldn't be denied, and a lot of that goes back to Roethlisberger, who is just—I mean—he's such a great guy. I—I I, a great guy to have on your team. I—I I tweeted out I think last week how great it must be to be a Steelers fan. I'm gonna send out the same tweet this week. It just seems fun to be following this team right now because they score points, they play dramatic games, and they're winning a lot of football games.
3: And the Jaguars are—they're over, and it was another game where Big Ben came out of this one saying that this team, the Jaguars, talked trash from the minute the game started. And thats they're good at that. They're good at talking, but they're not good at winning these games. But they they should have. The defense talked, and they backed it up for three quarters.
2: And if they were given anything else but a totally inept offense for the last two and a half quarters, they win that game going away. After the... Jaguars went up sixty nothing. They had eight more drives. In those eight drives, they had six three and outs and a total of fifty six yards. They are basically trying to move on from the Blake Bortles era while Blake Bortles is still their quarterback. There, there was one. There was one drive where he didn't throw the ball the whole time. Or he threw one pass and they're running on third and ten. It's like, yeah, you're not going to win that way.
1: What a lost year in Jacksonville. I mean. Uh, the, all, the the losses six game losing streak Bortles regresses or it turns out to be the guy that the Jaguars probably feared he was. Before this game, Wes, a report came out that Jalen Ramsey could be on the trade block. Who would trade arguably the best cornerback in the league in the prime of his career? Maybe a team suddenly at the crossroads.
4: Well, they came out and just and denied denied that said it was just flat out false. You know, maybe we'll they see. also leaked it for a wake up call too.
2: He had two interceptions in the game and. Was having a great performance, and then in the fourth quarter, Ben Roethlisberger was 5 of 6, throwing it in his direction. I, some, not, not a good year for him. Some big plays. Wow, what a win for the Steelers. It, this could be a game that really gets them a bye. I mean, there's a lot of things to to go here, but it could help a lot.
1: Let's move on. So it's
0: 42
1: for the win. Operation good. 42 away. Maher for the win. Operation, Operation Cowboys good. win. 42 yards. What missed extra point? <laughs> <laughs> Brad Sham. And that was the Babe. I'll just call him the Babe. Babe Laufenberg of the Cowboys Radio Network with a call. Yes, Brett Maher missed an extra point and a 42 yarder earlier on Sunday. But he came up big when it counted. He shot one through the uprights, just to the right of the right upright, or to the left of the right upright. Uh, it was the difference in a 22 to 19 win for the Cowboys over the Falcons. It's a second straight big road win for Big D. Suddenly, just a game behind the first-place Redskins with the two rivals facing off on Thanksgiving. Greg, this ain't 1996, but these Cowboys, they got some fight. How about them Cowboys? They are getting it done, and they have a chance here to take
2: first place five days from now. I don't really feel any different about their team after watching this game. They're starting to win some of these close games. They play a style that invites these close games. But give a little love to Dak Prescott. There there was a couple key sequences where his ability to run the ball in short yardage, run over a defender on the goal line a couple of times, another time on a third and two, where they basically had the right defense called. They could have had him stopped, and he runs him over, and you combine that with 201 yards from Ezekiel Elliott from scrimmage of 323. Their O-line is is definitely playing well. It was a game with very few possessions, and Jason Garrett almost invites these (laughs) close games, and I don't think he covered himself in glory at the end, but they
1: found a way.
4: They're they're tougher.
1: I'm not going to get too excited about the Cowboys. I still think they are what they are, eight or nine-win team. But I do think there's a big difference in these last two weeks because this offensive line, which has been much maligned, I don't know if the coaching change did it, but all of a sudden Zeke Elliott is destroying teams back-to-back weeks. I think he's got like 400 total yards or close to it uh, in two wins. And I think that's a big difference if that line is back to what it was. Cowboys can play in this division.
4: Yeah, they're playing on offense like they did the last couple of years. And on defense, you know, we we used to see Sean Lee as a Jenga piece. They are four and one with Leighton Vanderesh Esch starting in place of Sean Lee. Vander Esch started out as a part-time player this year, and he already has a hundred tackles.
2: Had I mean, had a it, huge
3: interception today too. Yeah,
2: a huge, making play made a big play in the running game too. I mean, they have stars, guys playing at the very top of their position. I would include Vanderesh Esch in that. I mean, he's playing Jack about Martin. as well as anyone. Demarcus Lawrence, I think, might be playing better this year than a year ago. They really dominated the Falcons' offensive line up front. You have Byron Jones playing great, obviously Zeke. So you have all these stars all on one team. I don't think it's a great team, but you put that all together, and it's a little better than the Falcons, who just keep letting down Matt Ryan, who played a really, really good game, overcoming his offensive line. They refused to run the ball in some key situations, even though Tevin Coleman, when they gave him... The Rock had a pretty good game, and then once again at home, he caps a really nice comeback with a beautiful throw to Julio Jones. He was money in the fourth quarter. He had a receiver also, Calvin Ridley, drop a pass that turned into an interception. And what does his defense do? They give up a quick field goal to the Cowboys. They've lost some heartbreakers at home this year. Can
4: evening. we fork them? They're no. At, at the Saints next week.
1: That's about done. I think they're done.
4: Yeah, we're going to fork the Falcons. I
1: feel like they. we might not have an official fork committee coming together this year. It sounds like maybe we're in— a brief hiatus this year, but we could still talk about which teams are done, and I, I think this loss, uh, paired with what happened last week in Cleveland, it's just hard to get behind the Falcons as a team that's going to put it together. Or you
3: have to believe that they can go 5-1 and one down the stretch, and there's nothing we've seen from them since that suggests that's about to happen. Especially when you, you're you going to New Orleans
2: next week. Yeah, you they've had all these games, and you have an offense and a, a quarterback playing about as well as, as any, so I think they'll be in every one of these games, but
4: it scored sixteen and nineteen points the past two weeks. The Saints are scoring forty eight every but week. this
2: wasn't this was a game of very few possessions, and that's what I'm talking about with Gary. I mean, I'm just eight, saying their offense is not as good eight. as any. Their
4: offense is not with the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Rams. That's fair,
2: because of the running game. And by the way, Jason Garrett, you might have won this game, but I saw what you did. You were essentially playing for overtime, and Dan Quinn took a timeout with about a minute and 10 left here, and I'm not going to kill Quinn for it, because he was trying to be confident in his defense. It was third and five. Dan Quinn takes a timeout. Otherwise, that clock's running, and I think we're going to overtime. He takes a timeout. They pick it up, and then they get to a 47-yard field goal for Brett Maher, and then... And then he just stops trying to gain yards. So and this is going to haunt you, Jason Garrett.
1: Jason Garrett no, will be reader. employed by an arm of the NFL longer than all of us. He's just going to stick around. I
2: think if, <laughs> if you're in their, this division, here's what you want. Them to give Jason Garrett an extension, give Dak Prescott an extension, and just keep this whole train of 8-8 eight and eight moving for
3: year after year. <laughs> Oof, uh, wow. It'll make your head explode. Oh, Newton's got
1: the ball. Looks, <laughs> looks, looks. Plenty of time. Now oh, pressure comes. Goodness. Newton throws enzo And he sailed it wide. It's incomplete. The Lions hang on to the lead. He was looking for Jarius Wright who come wide open. Wild and Newton open. just sailed it wide. Nice call there by Dan Miller with Lomas Brown on the assist. Lions radio. Cam Newton threw an incomplete pass on a two-point conversion. Uh, With 107 to play, yes, he did sail it over an open receiver, uh, allowing the Detroit Lions to hold on. A 20-19 win over the Panthers. The Lions improved to 4-6. Keep those playoff hopes um, on life support. Is it 4-6 or were they, 5-6? They are 4-6, the Lions. Thank you, 4-6. The Panthers have lost two straight for the first time this season. And uh, gentlemen, will start here since that was the play we just heard. I, I get it. I get it's fun. And I enjoyed the excitement of watching the play. But I thought the same thing uh, with uh, Vrabel and Tennessee uh, against the Chargers in that London game. And I'm thinking the same thing in this game when you have the momentum and you're scoring the touchdown and have a chance to tie the game and uh, try to win this game. Why get crazy and, and be the cowboy and go for two? And if it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't work, he looks bad. I get it. But I just – this is a first guess for me. I didn't love the call when it happened, and I didn't love the variable call, and I didn't love the Rivera call. In both cases, the team's lost because of it.
2: Maybe they lost because of it. Maybe he would have missed the kick, or the defense would have given up the field goal anyways. There was three timeouts in a minute seven. I do think that was a factor and
1: Rivera well, in Rivera. The Panthers a better team than the Lions. Get the stop. Don't. You have no faith in yourself. It's what it feels like. You have to try to steal a win. That's why I don't like that.
3: Wasn't there a moment on that play where you thought, Cam Newton, run with the ball, take off. He didn't, he seemed,
1: uh, he got injured. I will throw this out there. He got rolled up on, I believe, in the third quarter. And, he, and and because he's he seems to be indestructible, Cam Newton, he wasn't even really showing ill effects. He wasn't necessarily limping around the field. But I wonder if that maybe played into it. Maybe he wasn't feeling good. But he wasn't really moving uh, the offense with his legs at all in this game.
3: It's been a an absolutely, there's a couple teams that are in a bad place right now, but an awful 10 days for Carolina because you were utterly exposed against the Steelers and this was the one that we talked about on Thursday as the stamp it sort of get right game get back on track and this happens.
2: Yeah, the, the Lions were
4: reeling. You can't lose this game if you're the Panthers.
2: But he here's the thing, he missed an open throw. I mean, it was an easy throw. Got to make the throw. it. And he said after the game, that's on me. I I I can't miss that throw. So, that's why I don't mind the call. A year you, where his you accuracy let your best player. Better than ever. Yeah, you let your best player Try to win the game, and and he blew it. And I do think this is a loss because, especially because you didn't see it coming, that has some impact on the NFC race. And that's what I was talking about, where these teams, like like the Eagles or the, the teams that are four and six, like the Falcons, they feel at least in it because a team like. The Panthers are back at six and four. You know, right now the, the the sixth spot is six and four.
3: Six and four, and and suddenly we're asking questions about them. I mean, I think part of the, the two reason two left
2: against the Saints too.
3: Right. The part of the reason they Graham Gano, typically very reliable this season, flubs a thirty four yard field goal and and missed the extra point. I mean, suddenly if you're a head coach, you're a little freaked about your kicker. But I, I, I'm with I you, hope. Dan, I still would think that you have to believe they can punch in the extra point. They,
1: they asked Rivera after the game about that, and I th- it was kind of like a tack on what did the misses by Gano, and he met, he kind of repeated what the reporter said. But Gano is one of the best kickers in the league. Are you really going to just count on him having a yips so you're going to bail on an extra point? I wouldn't with a kicker that, that's I mean, he just good.
2: did have the yips on his, last, his two previous kicks.
1: Panthers I mean, when do you know when the yips I think part of it's because cut
3: it was happening you. on the road. It's like let's get out of here with a win and you hope you punch it in and it does not happen. I think the Panthers have to become Rams fans
4: the rest of the way. They need that week 17 game against the Saints to mean something. Hmm. Or to not mean anything, right? They, yes, they need them to so. not mean anything. Okay, they so they may, the, yeah, the opposite of what everything I just said.
3: Well, this they, <laughs> they, they they will mean nothing if the Saints, you know, wipe them out next time they play, so.
2: Lions lost carry on Johnson to a knee injury. And that's a disappointment with them coming up in the old 9:30 a.m. on the West Coast Thanksgiving time slot.
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh, Greg, uh, this was your your rainmaker of the week. Uh, well, that's true. A lot of people that probably listen to the show <laughs> that lean on you for your your um. advice in this realm. Uh, we actually have uh, we ha- we actually have some audio from oh, uh, no. Santa Monica. <laughs> Line, three, uh, 16, post-habitant, 60, post-habitant. Dr. Gregory H. Rosenthal, this is your final foreclosure notice. We have your house surrounded. Come out with your hands up. Okay, boys. Hit them with the tear gas.
2: I mean, uh, did they leave uh, <laughs> when they saw the second Rainmaker pick of the week come through in the afternoon? Oh, you tried to, like,
4: to act like the second one, one. counted?
1: No, no, no. Well, this you threw it one. out there, and I this said was, that one counts. This was the one that you were telling the people about, though.
3: Yeah. I Greg's mean. safely at work while the the, the, the heat <laughs> descend on his family. I
1: they feel don't fine. Know who's one in one, and one, we're moving, we're moving forward. It's fine. It's, it's a progress. Trust, right. trust the process. <laughs> What's the rainmaker? <laughs> just, a, just, a tough start for the rainmaker segment on the. Pod. And, and look, Santa first Monica, time you've ever killed your own segment, right?
2: <laughs> Santa Monica police, uh, don't, you got some something else to do? Give me a break. It's fair. It's fair. Apparently not. Uh, How about, uh, like, you know, the homeless people humping the parking meters right near my
1: house? They're going to use it. There's (laughs) a vagrant issue out there, no doubt. All right, let's move on.
0: Smith looking, firing to the end zone, and it's intercepted. Brought out by Reed, and he takes it right side across the 40, the 50, the 40 of Washington.
1: No one's going to get him. A pick six coast to coast.
0: Picked it off of the end zone, shot out of a cannon, and takes it for over 100 yards for six.
1: Mm. Mm. Mark Vandermeer, Texans radio with a call. On a quiet day for the Texans offense, Justin uh, Reed's 101-yard pick six was huge in the Texans' 23-21 win. Over the Redskins, that's seven straight wins for Houston. That ties a franchise mark. Uh, Mark Sessler, the Texans win another close game, and a
3: gruesome injury for Alex Smith may change the complexion of the NFC East. Redskins fall to six and four, and you know when when Alex Smith goes down, the teams that can complain are the teams that lose their starting quarterbacks. With the the only thing is this was an awful game by Alex Smith before he was injured and he he really put the Redskins in a tough position with two bad picks the one that we heard right there, I I wonder down the stretch with what we've gotten from Alex Smith on tape, in general is Colt McCoy a huge drop off I I don't I think Colt McCoy is sort of similar to Alex Smith in certain ways and he fits in this offense which is to say not a dynamic offense on any level, one that runs through its tight ends and needs a big day from Adrian Peterson. I think the offensive line injuries showed up a little bit more today. Alex Smith was pressured from the minute he was in there at the beginning until he got injured. And you said the Texans, Like here's the thing I can give him credit for. They won an ugly game. This was... by far from a dynamic performance by Deshaun Watson and he this Redskins defense is good and they and they played they played well today. I think Lamar Miller probably played one of his best games of the year, which is I just don't love this backfield but he he made plays for them and they move on to a huge game next week against the Titans.
1: The oh yes, I did lock that up. I'm riding hard with my Texans right now. And I'm coming for you, Wes. Just be just mm. be aware of that.
2: You can just lock that up right away now that versus the, the tight tunes on Monday night. I'll There's tell no way you're staying away I'll from think that. You're I'll tell you up. what,
1: let's make it interesting. You're picking up when I'm putting them down. I'll, I'll go with me and the Colts, and you go with you and the Texans. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know you seem to like the Colts. That's sneaking out. But I I, I think the Alex Smith injury is, <laughs> is so sad because, yes. Yeah.
2: not reveal the score of
1: the Colts game, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've never I've, I've never in all the years uh, that we've been doing the show together. And I say this with peace and love. I think it's good. It shows passion. We'll get to it. But Wes, your excitement for Andrew Luck and the Colts. I don't know if I've ever seen you as excited about any team in the non-Patriot sector than the Colts right now.
4: Well, I'm just waiting for the rest of the country to catch up. Mm. All
1: right. But the Alex Smith injury uh, is terrible. He broke his fibula and tibia. It is on the 33 years to the day that Joe Theismann did the same thing. Joe Theismann was in the building, a Redskins quarterback. He had surgery today, just to give you an idea of how serious the injury is, and it is certainly something that could be uh, something could put his career in doubt. uh, And you just hope that that's not the case. But uh, that's a stomach punch, as bad as uh, Smith or as kind of ineffective or mediocre he was in his first year in Washington. That's a tough thing to put down on a team, an injury of that level. And you got to give him credit for fighting back with McCoy.
4: Jay Gruden believes that Colt McCoy is perfectly suited for his offense. And the Redskins gave him a new contract this past offseason that reflects the belief that they think he is the best quarterback, best backup quarterback in the NFL. But he's he going to have the same, even if that was true,
2: he doesn't have the offensive line that they thought they'd have. He doesn't have the receivers. I mean, you have Trey Quinn was the number two receiver today. You're throwing a Michael Floyd in the first quarter. It, even even if you're playing great at quarterback, there's so many other issues on this team.
3: Well, they, they're they featuring – it's Jordan Reed and, like, Vernon Davis w- dropped an awful, wide-open, would-be touchdown reception it's like you, these guys that this is going to be the focal point of your offense someone's got to make a play so it is a it's an unfavorable you know looming prospect for Colt McCoy to do much more than Alex Smith did I mean it's uncanny that Theismann was there the final score was the exact
2: same oh. 23 to 21 Crazy. they were both on the 40 yard line for what it's worth they both finished with 301 attempts on the season it's a little Whoa.
3: so is does that mean Colt McCoy is Jay Schrader
2: yes w- what did Jay Schrader do yes
3: did I believe well? he guided them to the playoffs and then uh, Doug Williams took over the next year in a mm-hmm. quarterback tussle with Jay Schrader, and then they won the Super Bowl. How about these Tex How do the Texans win every game like this? They've got some
1: they've got well, some that, magic luck,
2: not that luck. Was the point
1: I was going to make is that the Colts are definitely looking more impressive as a team and they're shredding teams right now and they're they're on a winning streak themselves, but the, the Texans, they got a little juice to them, little magic. Uh seven straight wins. They're the first team this uh, West, you're a historian. They're the first team since the 1925 New York Giants to win seven in a row after starting three and zero. I don't think they'll go thirteen and three, but these these uh, and maybe the their, the regression to the mean is going to haunt them in the end. Uh, but they are winning close games, and they do because they know how to close them out.
3: I'd be concerned about one thing: they lost both guards today. They at one point had only five active offensive linemen, and the interceptions by Watson were on Watson. Right, and, and McCoy had a chance there to
2: win win it at the end. They ended up setting up a Dustin Hopkins 63-yard field goal, which was a, a long shot. But this is the second straight week. I don't know if they really know how to close it out. This is the second straight week they watched the game end because the opposing kicker missed.
1: I mean, the guy, he barely reached the end zone. They were able to get the stop where they didn't even give him a makeable field goal. Would,
4: would you believe that this is their first road win over an NFC team in six years? What?
1: No, I don't believe it. I believe the Jay Schrader thing. I don't believe it.
4: <laughs> Why are you lying, Wes? <laughs> Let's
1: move on. If the Ravens can stop the Bengals here, they can claw their way back into the playoff conversation. Game is on the line. Fourth and three. Dalton to throw. His pass near sideline is broken up. Incomplete. And with 1.42 left to play, the haze in the barn. <laughs> I always enjoy that. Jerry Sandusky, Justin Perrette. Uh, and Kirk McEwen of WBAL the call. The Ravens got the stop they needed, as well as 117 rushing yards from rookie Lamar Jackson in his first NFL start. A 24-21 win over the Bengals ends a three-game losing streak. west. the Ravens also got 115
4: ground yards from a human named Gus Edwards. Grounded pound, lives in Baltimore. Gus Edwards is better than Alex Collins, and he's been showing it.
1: But
3: is he better than Gus Frat? Who's the best Gus in NFL history? Well, Gus Ferrat is not a wild uh, place to get to as an NFL player performance-wise. Gus
4: the mule. Remember that old movie where the mule kicks the football? No, I do not. <laughs>
3: How old are you, <laughs> I don't
4: remember that, for the record.
1: Wes now reveals himself to be a, a 300-year-old wizard.
4: <laughs> My dad used to watch this movie where there was a mule named Gus who used to kick footballs.
3: Sounds riveting. I hope they came up with a sequel to that. What else in this game was?
4: Uh, Lamar Jackson looked good. I mean, he did throw an interception, which the Bengals capitalized on, but then he led the Ravens on two scoring drives to take the lead. And the most rushes by a quarterback in a game since at least 1950. 27 carries, which made me at first think, would they give him that kind of workload if they thought he was going to be the quarterback the rest of the way? Mm. But it's interesting because Marty Morningweg has really struggled with the run pass ratio and establishing a ground attack. Um and, and I think this might actually help Marty Morningweg like get out of his own way. Look at their schedule down the stretch. I don't think they face a run defense that ranks in the top half of the NFL. Oh, who's got this? Oh ass
3: You son of a
2: yep. son of a gun. Oh, like you didn't know. By the way, this run-pass ratio, oh, like you, didn't he's still got know. a problem. They ran 57 times.
1: Hey, in. Dr. Rainmaker, let me in. Open up the door. I want my money now. My lead pipe has a date with your knees. If you don't come out here, you and your bozo friends are done for. You he's hear back? me? Open this door. That is actually the... That was oh, Louie the leg breaker? From. That's Louie. <laughs> that's Louie. You don't want. That's not
2: me. how it works in 2018. Okay, Louie. <laughs> that's what you thought.
1: <laughs> nice work, Eric. <laughs> anyway, we're. Can we here. fork the Bengals? <laughs> they ran
2: 57 times.
4: I mean, that's that's insane. Well, I in a don't. 24 think, to 21 game. You don't see that too much. You can't. I don't think they trusted Lamar to run a, a like a a some heavy NFL aerial attack in this game.
2: I think John Harbaugh loves the fact that. Lamar Jackson was his quarterback. He just seems like he had a pep in his step the whole week. He was excited to unleash this plan. They didn't throw the ball once on the first drive. I, I don't know. That almost makes me buy into this team because I think he he's feeling like some crazy mad scientist like on his last chance, and he's loving
3: it. Yeah, you're, right. you're right. Their schedule in terms of defensive teams they're playing, the Raiders, Falcons, Chiefs, Bucks, and then the Chargers, Charges. they're good. but. Does this That's plan work week after week? Can they just go on un- on un- unfurl the same scheme next Sunday? I
4: don't think you can ask your your quarterback to run the ball twenty times a week. I mean, is, how's he going to stay healthy? This concerns me. It'd be fun to bit. watch though, at least. Oh, I they're mean, they're a more interesting team with Lamar Jackson. Um, I feel
1: like these two teams are exactly where they should be. Which Yes, is two five and five. Jabronies,
4: Which means you know, they know, are not both – they are shoes. meaningless.
2: You asked if we could fork the Bengals. Yeah. I, I'm usually the guy that says anything can happen. You want to keep
4: all 32 teams alive. But five and five, no, I'm
2: done with eliminated. the Bengals. That They're they're a bad team, and they're not
1: going to make the playoffs. They're bad. They're boring. And, uh, yeah, I don't really believe any of these teams. Somebody had a win. It was the Ravens on Sunday. Let us move on. Fourth down and seven coming up. Empty backfield for Breeze. Breeze takes the snap, drops back, looks to his right. Lost one down the sideline. Alvin Kamara, caught at the 10, into the end zone. Alvin Kamara, 38 yards. And the Saints continue to dance in the Superdome. No, oh, Zach Streep, WWL. They do. Drew Brees passed for 363 and four touchdowns, including a cruel, brutal fourth and seven bomb to Alvin Kamara when the game was already out of hand. I mean, the Saints are feeling themselves. Nine straight wins, 48-7 over the Eagles. My goodness. Greg, the Saints put a clown suit on the defending mm. champs.
2: They did. And in a season of unbelievable Drew Brees performances, this might be at the top, and yet I'm going to focus on three things. Not Drew Brees, because to me they're going to have – longer staying power. The fact that their defense has absolutely manhandled two straight opponents. I know it's Cincinnati and Philly, although Philly wasn't struggling that bad before. This really bodes well. Lattimore is traveling with Alshon Jeffrey. That's a good sign. A lot more man coverage. I think the Eli Apple trade has has really helped them. Sheldon Rankins is owning people. They lose their left tackle Tron Armstead for three or four weeks. Jermon Bushrad comes in there. They won the battle up front. They really dominated Philly's O-line. And then Traquan Smith comes out out of nowhere with for 10 catches and 157 yards and a touchdown. So if you're getting plays out of these supporting cast
4: members in the defense helping Breeze, well, watch out. The Saints have scored on over 60% of their offensive possessions this year. Oh the God. record – is 53% by the 2007 Patriots. So they are blowing that out of the water. They're also on pace to have the fewest, fewest punts ever in a 16-game season. This is the best offense in the NFL and they're growing stronger every single week. They had scored on 19 of 20
2: possessions before Teddy starting in the fourth quarter of that Rams game until Teddy Bridgewater came in
1: and they basically just, you know, ran it three times. 19 out of 20. I mean, 2007 Patriots, 2013 Broncos. This team is right there. I mean and they even now you got guys like rookie Traquan Smith. He goes off for 10 and 157 in this game. It's almost Got yeah,
4: Kevin Arnold making dive plays.
1: Kevin Arnold uh, Kevin Arnold's dad's making plays. Dan Lauria and it's like it's almost as if the Saints, when you're watching these games, every time I looked up when I was uh, working today, the Saints are first and goal at their opponent's 14-yard line over and over and over again. And it just seems like they have, like, 14 guys on the field on offense and the other team has 11.
3: And it just it seems almost unfair. The Eagles, to me, and we've mentioned this before, they miss Frank Reich. I think they miss John D. Filippo. They miss essentially what was the chemistry they had week to week building game plans last year. And this is – you know. This is an utter embarrassment. This is yeah. the worst loss by a defending Super Bowl champion ever. I think it goes wow.
1: behind beyond the coaching staff, though. I think this is the classic Super Bowl hangover season for a team. And they just, from the quarterback coming back from the knee injury and not being quite himself, even if his numbers are comparative, at least not until today. Until today. <laughs> today he had one of the, maybe his worst game as a pro. But everything about the Eagles just seemed off this season, and this was obviously the Nadir.
2: Well, the offense scoring 7 points was is the shock to me. Carson Wentz struggling is the shock. It doesn't shock me that the Saints offense went up and down the field. The fact that the Eagles were essentially dominated. I think they had 160 yards until a last, you know, second drive and they had the ball. They got plenty of chances. They could not move the ball. Wentz was missing receivers, just a little late on things. Had wasn't quite accurate and at 4 and 6 in this division just looking at it if you had a good performance today that you could feel good about you know they, I don't think
3: they'd be they're out of it but they're springing new leaks every week. The East is the one division where if you got something out of Philly today that you had any sort of faith in 4 and 6 wouldn't scare me, but it also feels like a team somewhat veering off a cliff. I mean, you have gave up 550 yards 69 plays for the Saints at nearly 8 yards per play. And, and that's the Saints, but it's just that the Eagles have also looked unimpressive in many other weeks. It's
4: not just the blowout and the nature of the loss. It's that you lost Avante Maddox from your secondary after you had already lost two or three important pieces in that secondary. You lost Jordan Hicks. I don't know how serious he's, his injury is, but the starting middle linebacker, the center, went out. Jason Kelsey. Uh, they, they are springing new injuries every every week. Right, because they have the
2: Giants next week, and in theory, you win that game. And Giants you might are rolling. Only be, you might only be one, week, one game
1: out of the out of the division. Giants are one game
4: behind the Eagles.
1: I don't think the Eagles should be given any passes or any kind of gimmies no. at this point or layups. There just seems something wrong. I, I would go as far as I view them similar to how you guys view the Bengals. I think they're done. I think their the, season's over. The, I don't care what's going on in the NFC.
3: I'm yeah. with you. but the only The only thing that is favorable in their schedule is you have the Giants, Redskins twice, and Cowboys. You have a chance to impact what happens in the East, but you also have the Rams and the Texans, and it's like, handle your own business, please, before we get concerned about your schedule. It is amazing, though, to see a defending champ like that just get
2: steamrolled. I mean, where Wentz was just throwing up hope balls early, and it just felt like the whole – he could feel like it was all caving in on him. Uh,
1: Wes, you ready? Excited?
4: Oh, yeah. Is it time? It's time. Let's do it. You got goosebumps? I do, actually. All right, let's do it.
1: Andrew Luck going for a home run deep downfield looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10-5. Stumbles in the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown,
4: T.Y. Hilton! 68-yard ball from Andrew Luck to T.Y. and the Colts lead it
1: 16-0. Happy times at Lucas Oil Stadium. Matt Taylor, Colts Radio Network. Andrew Luck on fire. The Colts quarterback threw three more touchdown passes. Never took a sack. That offensive line is out of its mind too right now as the Colts cruise to a 38-10 win over the Pretender Tytoons. Don't even come at me. Luck is now a perfect 10-0 in his career against Tennessee. Wes, Frank Wright said after the game that Luck was, quote, unbelievable. I'm guessing you agree with that assessment.
4: Yes, his fourth straight game with a passer rating over 120, his seventh straight game with three or more touchdown passes which only peyton manning and tom brady have ever done it is the second longest streak of drop backs without a sack in 25 years this offense is rolling and the the colts to me like i know the texans have a better record the colts are the better team and nobody in that afc wants to face them if they make it to the playoffs in january they could conceivably go 11-5. and five. I mean, I, I think they're better than every team would left be on ten, schedule. That
3: would be a 10-game winning streak. Today. They have a very favorable schedule. There's not much left that they have to face that they can't take down the way they're playing. In
2: fairness, when they were 1-4 and, and even even after that, like we were saying this is a team that is absolutely capable of making a run. Do you think the defense, Wes, today, I guess, is starting to come back to the
4: September form? Because they looked okay early in the season before looking pretty awful for a while. I want to say that it's a great sign that, you know, they have four sacks in the last five games, and today they have five um, within the first 35 minutes of the game. So that seems like a good sign, but they exploited a Titans team that struggles on third downs, and Mariota has the highest sack rate in the league. Luck has the lowest sack rate in the league, and I think they picked on that that propensity from Mariota to take bad third-down sacks. This is your
3: argument for nothing really mattering until around Thanksgiving because I think that they've been figuring out who they are week after week, and they have a very good coaching staff.
4: Darius Leonard, by the way, the favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year, an interception, a forced fumble, and a sack in this game. Mm.
1: Marcus uh, Mariota left this game, correct, Wes, with an elbow injury? Did he come back?
4: He did not come back. Mike Vrabel said after the game that Mariota was fine. When he got injured, it was 24 to nothing, and I think they just figured, hey – It's halftime and we're not in it. Let's let's just keep him healthy for next week.
1: And this was such a a Tennessee performance of the last, I'd say, five years where they get people sucked in and they have a couple nice wins and then they just lay a total egg in a big game that meant a lot for playoff positioning. They just didn't show up, Wes.
4: I think the Titans are one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams where you could say – you could convince yourself they're as good as the Colts going into this game – and then within a few minutes
3: of the game starting, it's like the Colts are, are, are just a better team. And they may be the better team than the Patriots too. Maybe part of that Tennessee thing was New England.
1: Well, let's move on. I mean, come on. <laughs> a kick
3: to <laughs> win.
0: Snap, placement, kick on the way. I
1: had to move on. It just the silence it is deafening. It's
0: gone. It's over. Celebrates
1: like I've rarely seen in a regular season game. An unbelievable comeback victory for these Broncos. Wow, Dave Logan, KOA. Mark, we're going to get back to your point in a second. With the call, Brandon McManus kicked a 34-yard field goal. His time expired, uh, giving the Broncos a 23-22 win over the Chargers in Carson at 4-6. and six. The Broncos remain in the hunt for a playoff spot. But for the Chargers, this was a loss
3: straight out of the same sad Bolt's handbook. Mark, what are you doing in this game? We'll get to this game in a second. It is Greg's ultra hubris that will steer the Patriots into darkness this season. That is one of the most... That comment you flippantly threw out there before the end of the last segment is the end of the Patriots. Yes! You You have been living... In ease for too long. Here's my point. It is, is
2: over. We, we talk about all the time. Like, you don't overreact too much to one game in general. And I would say that. I get it.
3: Every team is great. Every team's no. going to make the playoffs. <laughs> don't worry I'd about it. I'd say the that Patriots. about the Titans, too. They're,
2: they're going out. The, the Titans have shown that they're capable of winning games. They they crush the Cowboys. We've heard enough. They crush the Patriots. <laughs> you can't go crazy <laughs> off of one game. On the, the No one's going crazy. No one thinks that the Titans are better
3: than the Patriots this year. On the, on the body of I her. think it just exposes the fact that New England's not just going to roller coaster into the playoffs and no, load no into one the Super Bowl that. again. No one
2: thinks they're even one of the two no best one. teams in the you
3: AFC You just said right please. <laughs> I you said do. please to the you fact think that so? the
2: Titans
1: are I, as good a team. I mean, mark it down in the minutes, Erica. Mark down, please, yeah, that I got the it. Uh, Patriots uh, dynasty ended on the show today. Yeah. Wait, what about the seven? <laughs> sure Patriots fan and behind the glass us over. Good week. listen to all Well, we're
3: going to be right in the end. This time feels different. Yeah, who Darth are- Vader over there with his hood on <laughs> saying that this is the end. Well, it's- I mean, thought they'd finally be
4: toppled by some podcaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some podcast bozo. Yeah, back to this game. Okay, Broncos, Chargers. Uh, yes, uh, the, uh, good job for the Broncos. A nice win, Mark, for the Broncos. A nice comeback that uh, even with a lot of fans, it's almost a glorified home game. Uh, but the Chargers, what are you doing? This is so old. Same sad Chargers.
3: This was the game where you know, offensive mistakes, which have been rare for them, forced the defense to play up until the end one of its better games. They, they at one point, I think it was Case Keenum, at the end of the third quarter had about 59 yards through the air. And Joey Bosa was back on the field and made some game-changing plays. But it was more Philip Rivers throwing two ugly picks and the offense outside of Melvin Gordon looking absolutely awesome. Like they make these big plays, but they could not close at the end. And you can't let Denver hanging around this way, not with Philip Lindsay running the way he is. And I know maybe this Chargers team is different, but
1: doesn't this sound familiar? Two big Rivers picks, 14 penalties, 10 in the first half, and the kicker uh, misses an extra point in a game they lost by a point.
4: I'm so happy for you, Dan. What a day for you! The, the AFC East is off. You don't have to watch the Jets. Oh my God! And the so two great. teams you've been skeptical of <laughs> for the last few years—the Titans and Chargers—back mm. to back. Doesn't get any better. You know what? It's
1: if different. the Patriots had lost, that I, would help. I know. I don't believe in the Titans. I like this Chargers team, and I still think they're set up well to make a playoff run potentially. But this is the type of loss that they got to shake this out of their system at some point. It's a
3: lost opportunity because I think they have Arizona next week, and then you had Pittsburgh. And if you could have gotten to that game nine and two. You could have taken command, you know, of the second bye in the AFC, and this is this is I I. Everyone says someone shouted on NBC. How can you lose this game at home? The one of the most embarrassing things happening in the NFL right now is their home field. It's it's a nice place to play. It's it's a fun game to go to. Went to one last year, but it's like you. It, it is week after week. You, we don't have to. You don't have to blame the Chargers for this if you don't want to, but the stadium was like 60% people dressed in orange going literally nuts. Like that, you don't have a home field advantage.
2: It's a shame. I mean, the Chargers are having this great season, and I think returning back home was a disadvantage. That's one reason when you put me on the spot as the Rainmaker, do I want to double up to do it? Mm. That's why I said, yeah, there's no way I'm taking seven points with the Chargers. What was that? I don't know. Turn that cash
1: register up. <laughs> In, like the like Rainmaker's a, assignment. I feel like a true Rainmaker just drops the rain once. It doesn't try to... Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Multiple yeah, Rainmaker that money. Would
2: be, that would be a wise way to... to, to uh, Hey,
1: Dr. Rainmaker, <laughs> let me in. Open up the store. He's outside the I studio I want my again. money.
2: I mean, I now. don't think there could be a worse financial way to do things than put everything on one Lock investment. that door, Erica.
1: Yeah, I'm out here fighting them off and you guys are just...
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you got us killed because of your issue, Greg. We... One <laughs> of the reasons, issue. too, why I don't think you can trust the Chargers as some huge favorite is the way they manage the end of games sometimes with Anthony Lynn. That's Chargers and like two. Two minutes left, third and seven. You're across midfield. Broncos have no timeouts left. I expected them to call a run there. If you're going to call a pass, it has to be something very safe because you're just giving 40 seconds back to the Broncos if you have an incomplete. Von Miller makes a great play to recognize the screen gets in the way, and Phillip Rivers throws the ball in the dirt. I mean Philbert they got to have that conversation before that play with Rivers that if it's not there you just take a knee or you you slide down. They gave the Broncos 40 extra seconds and they absolutely needed it on that drive. That's
3: how this happened and you know it it is a nice win for Vance Joseph but the Broncos escaped here because he is I think he, we'd be he, this would be a storyline. He did not throw out the red flag on a two-point conversion attempt by Case Keenan where the replay shows him Scoring that two pointer, and that, the whole game changed on that. And they're lucky to escape with the win. They're kind 4 16. They're a 4 well, 16.
1: One thing, and this is it, it stops with the head coach, but he is at the mercy of the people that are paid to tell him to throw that flag. If he can't see it,
3: it's better that he's listening to people that can, and they—I think they failed. To I agree it. with that, but then that—that's the, again all the one report we had from Ian Rapaport was that the management was observing how everything ran with the Broncos, everything that l- tied into game day management. Here we are in late November, and you're having issues because your replay guys can't get information. Right, and that's quick part enough. of his staff too, right? So, so I think it's just it's him. an organizational failure, but they escape with the win.
1: Let us move on. Oh, before we move on. You may or may not have heard. I'm pretty sure by now you've heard. Please tell me you've heard. Lowe's is the new home of craftsmen, which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics, tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. If one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out the... 120-tooth ratchet? It has a three-degree arc swing, you guys. Don't you know what that does? We didn't either, but we do now. A three-degree arc swing means that you can loosen or tighten bolts with less movement in those hard-to-reach spots. That should make it easy to tackle any auto or DIY project on your list. Plus, they come in gunmetal chrome.
4: It's the the manliest color.
1: finish. that's not only sharp-looking, it makes them corrosion-resistant. Cool, right? Shop the new low home of craftsman today at Lowe's.com around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Manning rolls right, throws right, wide open Barkley touchdown. And the Giants on the opening drive of the game take the lead. 6 nothing Barkley with his third touchdown catch. And you can see why the bucks have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. He was wide open, Carl. Wide open, man. Mmm. Papa. Duncan on the box for the Giants radio network. Saquon Barkley ran for a career-high 142 yards. He scored three touchdowns. Give him that Offensive Rookie of the Year award right now. The Giants held off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38-35. That's two straight wins for the d who have consecutive victories for the first time in almost two years. Not on. Greg, the Giants stumbled too badly to have a chance in the muddled NF- NFC East, right? Not if you listen to some uh, honking Giants
2: fans on Twitter.
1: honk, honk, honk. Jason who uh, oh, no.
2: works for the network, people are getting Giants fans are getting excited. They don't think it's over yet in this division. Well, where
1: they're at, they're at three and seven yeah. in a division that will probably uh, probably nine wins will win the division.
2: So you do. you never even know. Yeah, they might even need eight, might eight. Do it at eight. But Odell Beckham's been talking about running the table. They've won two in a row. It's nice to see their playmakers just being allowed and able to make plays. ODB had an incredible touchdown catch. Uh, Also had a very nice play down the field on a really good throw. A dime by Eli Manning. Sterling Shepard had one of the most impressive routes I've ever seen and then beat another receiver. Barkley's doing his thing. Evan Ingram had a 50-yard play. So it's that group of players that you like to see, and this is what happens sometimes when you play the Bucks defense. But so what? They took advantage of
3: it. Well, and the final crowning achievement for a Giants team that has put forward one of the worst unwatchable seasons in a long time is to somehow get out of all this with, like, the 6th, 7th, or 8th draft pick so that you cannot fill one of mm. the deepest quarterback black holes we've seen in New York in decades. Hmm. Much much better to get five and eleven or four and twelve and pat yourself on the back as we head into December.
1: I'm happy for uh, Eli Manning because there's a lot of Eli haters out there. There's an army of them. There's a couple in this room too, hey, who uh, ha- you two know, two good
3: games in a
4: row. We're having a now. lot
1: of fun dancing on this guy's grave, hoping he was going to go out as a Wait, disgrace.
4: Don't you have an accountable hot take that he gets yanked? Yeah,
1: and you know what? I'm happy I'm going to lose that because okay. I didn't. Yeah, want but him you to can't go be too
2: like you can't have too much conviction if you literally were predicting that he was going to. Oh, I lose thought he was death. done.
4: But
1: I wasn't celebrating it like a lot of other people seem to be doing, and I don't think there should anything Eli can do should keep him as the quarterback next year. No, but I do like. Oh, I think. Finishing oh, strong. I think it could. I mean, I do no, not I don't see think personally. No. I'm not
2: saying what the Giants. I would mean. never put it past the Giants, but we'll we'll see. He's they still have a bunch of division games left. They have the Eagles next week, and the Bucks have their They're own. Gonna win the Super Bowl, aren't they?
1: They're gonna get hot again. <laughs> They're gonna beat the Patriots <laughs> in the Super Bowl, aren't they? I mean, that, that would
2: happen. The Patriots are done. I already heard it, so they're—they're oh, they're right. not. They're making <laughs> out They're out. way. They're making Super Somebody Super put it. They're going to have to somehow live with like a an a eleven and five division
1: championship year.
4: Put a tent over the Buck Circus. I mean, we got to start playing circus music every time we talk about them.
1: How did Tom Mackin get the play calling duties back? By the way, yeah, right. But it's going on. So over Dirk there, Cutter
2: there? gives Last him, week's performance. He get give, he gives the play calling back. I mean, what leadership by Cutter this year? What decisiveness <laughs> and and God. he. And I don't blame him for going back to Jameis Winston in this game, which they did. They benched Ryan Fitzpatrick after three interceptions. They also had another trip inside the five where where they turned the ball over on downs. Fitzpatrick had a pick six. I mean, he just seemed snake bit. He's moving the ball and then making a bad interception. Jameis Winston came in and and started to bring out some Winst magic, which I tried to sell on Twitter. (laughs) Winst magic. They weren't having it. Four possessions, four touchdowns, but – this, the books are always in catch up mode. You and were the first
1: person to ever get negative retweets. They're like, <laughs> I did get.
2: Oh, I knew people would hate it, and they got a lot of thumbs down. Uh, but Winston Magic is back. Uh, well, you're not mentioning got, the interception of the fumble, also. It, but it
4: sounds like you're talking about the Eagles. Quarterback. Well, the interception was
2: just the last play of the game where they were just you know throwing the ball up, in and the that's area. it. And it, it's, it's magic, right? Yeah, that they're going You would think they go back to Winston. It doesn't really matter. This is this is a circus.
1: Let's move on.
0: 35 yarder carlson measures it out snap pull kick he's made it he's made it carlson wins
1: the game 23 21. how about that the second win of the year both at the expense of rookie quarterbacks i was thinking how come we haven't heard brent musburger because he calls the radio games for the raiders and they never win but there he is for KGMZ. Daniel Carlson kicked a 35-yarder as the game ended. The Raiders steal a 23-21 win over the uh, the Cardinals. It was a showdown of teams jockeying for the number one pick in the 2019 draft. So who really won this game? Anyway, it snaps a five-game losing streak for the Raiders, who won despite some sideline squabbling between John Gruden and Derek Carr. West the Cardinals needed to get inventive to blow this one.
4: Well, I saw you, Dan, down in the lab. We, we sort of passed mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, we gave a little, like, knowing look. Like, hey, another day grinding. It's grind 30. You were down there doing your homework on the David Johnson 57-yard 50, run that got called back oh. due to a holding penalty <laughs> yep. and allowed the Raiders to have that drive. Before that play, there was a terrible call on Jermaine Gresham, personal foul, in which Carl Joseph was laying on top of Fitz in all – Gresham did was pull Carl Joseph off they got him for 15 yards which made it third and 23 before the David Johnson run and that really put the Cardinals in a hole on that drive but they also Josh Bynes missed an easy interception the drive before that that could have sealed it they had so many opportunities to seal this game and I don't know how much more needs to be said about this game but the Cardinals blew it
1: yeah they had a chance Uh, before that personal foul, it was heading toward the two-minute warning. The Raiders had just used their last timeout. I think they would have gotten the ball back with about a minute and probably deep in their own territory. The way it ends up working out, they get set up well, and then Carr leads them down the field. Were you tracking the Carr-Gruden soap opera on the sideline? Yeah, what was that about? Remember the report way back in January, even before Gruden got hired, that there was concerns that these two personalities might might not mix well? I don't think they're mixing well.
4: I I was tracking it, and one of their sideline reporters – Really went vehemently said this is way overblown. Everybody was smiling just a few minutes later. It's a non-issue, okay. and people are making too much out of it. That said, I, I think that this is what Gruden does with all of his quarterbacks right. he's ever had.
2: Gruden Gruden got into sideline dustups with Rich Gannon all the time. Brad Johnson. I mean that it's kind of what Gruden does. It doesn't make. I would say the play on the field is more concerning in terms of their relationship. Although they're also down their top three receivers, they lost. Brandon LaFell I mean it's sad that Brandon LaFell is one of their top three receivers you got Marcel Aitman is that how you say his name as their number one wideout now
4: it is the
3: only yes. thing I the only thing I'd say is because when you whenever you see the old specials on Bill Parcells that he was a master at knowing different personalities on his team and how to flip the switch on each of them and if Gruden's going to treat all these quarterbacks the same way it's not going to work with many of them and has it, it hasn't worked with Derek Carr at all Sure hasn't seemed like it. This doesn't seem like it's going to go on for two, three more years. One positive for uh, the Cardinals. David Johnson
1: went for 137. He would have been close to 200 with the touchdown if not for that hold. So Byron Lefwich, that change, it seemed to help his season. But the Cardinals fall again. On to Sunday Night Football. Snap! Cousins looking this way. Throws.
0: Pass. Intercepted. There goes Eddie Jackson to the 10. Fired. End zone. Touchdown. Pick six. Wow!
3: This defense is playing magnificent at Soldier Field.
1: Call it the Orange Crush tonight. Because they are crushing
4: the Vikings.
1: Ooh, the Bears radio network with the call. Eddie Jackson's fourth quarter pick six. Basically decided this ball game for the Chicago Bears. A 25-20 win over the Minnesota Vikings at home. This was the signature win uh, that uh, Bears supporters were looking for, that uh, people in this room, the team of Around the NFL uh, supporters, team we were waiting for the Bears to show up against a big, a big op- opponent and the Vikings, we think qualifies, Greg, the Bears. Big W, four wins in a row. They're seven and three.
2: Absolutely qualifies. I think the, the, that the moment Jackson made that pick, that was sort of the, the moment they really became the team of the Around Absolutely. the NFL podcast. We exploded. And it does kind of put into light that all the focus on Trubisky in the offense, it's not all about that. This is a team sport, and the defense won this game for them, forcing turnovers. And when the offense did have to do something late in the game, they got a field goal drive when they absolutely need to, and they've
4: played complimentary football over the last five weeks. Now they're a game and a half up on the Vikings and I believe two and a half on the Packers. They're going to run away with this division.
3: And it creates a fork in the road for the Vikings, too, who now have to go play next Sunday night the Green Bay Packers with a chance for those two teams to chy each other up at the record. That's Green Bay's – that is a must-win game for Green Bay. But the Vikings, suddenly, this loss changes their fortunes entirely. It's
1: been a topsy-turvy year for the Vikings. And, you know, you wonder now how they react. When they they went cold earlier in the year, they responded with a hot streak. And, again, I don't – I, uh, I have a good buddy from back home who's a big Vikings fan, and he, on a weekly basis in our, our t- text chain with friends, does not trust Kirk Cousins, feels like he is not a guy that has earned – Uh, the benefit of the doubt this season, despite having some Mm. good numbers. And I feel like I've seen that on Twitter. That's a little bit out in the air with Vikings fans. And this is not going to help because you could, you know, he had a late touchdown there to to salvage his day statistically a little bit. But I think Cousins and the Vikings offense was not ready for the Bears uh, on Sunday night. I think that's a little unfair, but I do think it's fair to point out that.
2: What's unfair? To put that criticism on Kirk. Cuppley. Okay. He's had a very good year. I think he's had a good year. He's put as many great passes out there as just about anyone. But I think it's fair to point out that the Vikings offense really isn't any better than the Bears offense. And if these are two a matchup between two defensive teams, and the Vikings offense isn't any better than it was under Case Keenum. The quarterback's better, but the, the offense is worse. And if this is a matchup of two great defenses and pass rushes, the Bears' pass rush showed tonight, and I think their playmaking showed they're better than the Vikings
3: on I mean, defense. They're the team of ATL, so we're, we were rooting for them. But also, I I just see them as the one team in this division that should and could pull away from the rest. You all, the, the Packers had a chance on Thursday night. They couldn't handle their business, and the Vikings couldn't tonight. And you want one of these teams to separate.
2: And if the Bears win on Thanksgiving against Detroit, they'll they'll be in the process of doing that.
3: Then they play the Giants the next week before facing the Rams. So You mentioned
4: that they have the... The Vikings have the Packers next week, but then the week after that, at New England, at Seattle. The next three who weeks for who? The for Vikings. the Vikings. Okay, yeah. That I is. think
2: I think. And when you mentioned your your friend who's a little worried about Cousins, there was one difference between him and Trubisky you could see tonight. First drive of the game, Trubisky makes a play out of nothing on a third and long to extend the drive. They get three points. He did that a couple times. Also hit a couple nice third and eights in the second half. Cousins, when the play's breaking down, you don't have much faith that he's going to be able to make a play on his own. But that's not his game. You know who's... Uh... Oh. Mark Sessler. Mark?
3: What do I need to say? That sound effect said it all. Nice job. Wow. Yeah. I believe Dan and I are tied, still chasing Wes.
1: We're coming after him, though. You know, you know who's on board, by the way, with the team of ATL? Buddy Chris. This has been a stunning, attention-getting, wake-up NFL, the Bears ain't bad kind of performance tonight. We said it on Thursday in the preview show. We're supporting the Bears, and if it was, if we didn't seem like we were overflowing with emotion, it's because we haven't had a signature win. Big win for the Bears, and if they keep winning, they're going to win this division. They're going to have a home game. Khalil Mack's back to being Khalil Mack. This team has a chance to make some noise in the NFC. Lions and Giants the next two weeks. Two very beatable teams.
2: Mm -hmm. 22 yards rushing by the Vikings. I mean, that's you go to Chicago. You're not going to be able to run the ball. Keem
1: Hicks
4: putting it on him.
1: There's going to be nine to three. I like it. All right. That is it for uh, today's show. Uh, Thank you to everybody for listening. And remember that, uh, a little bit of a different week. We're going to have a Tuesday Twitter show. We're going to have a special Thanksgiving preview mini pod as well. And then our uh, preview pod will go up as well uh, the rest of the week 12 games. So thank you for everyone that supports us and, and, and follows along. And we love you. And that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Tuesday,
0: you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring.